0: Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters, and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor. And then you decide for yourself. Hello and welcome to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Today is episode number 62, Dark Side of Disney. Anyway, today I have a very special guest with me. Um, He is a great, intelligent follow, very smart man. Welcome, Matt. How the heck are you? I'm doing all right, Janet. How are you? Fabulous, fabulous. As good as we can be. You know what I mean. Keep your chin up, right? Exactly. So tell me, Mr. Matt, what's a brief background on you?
1: Uh, I'm just a regular guy, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I was just doing the 9 to 5 thing and still am. And uh, on the side, I uh, get into a little bit of alternate history. I don't like to call it conspiracy because that was the term by the, from the CIA. And right. I, I just like looking at different stuff, you know, alternative things, because a lot of the things that I see are have been inverted over time. So I like to look at the other side
0: of things. So you're a big into into history of things.
1: Yeah. History, uh, current events and how it all kind of ties together. You know, what I like looking at is is the overall web that they've woven. And, uh, I actually, uh, I'm just about to start my own podcast, the great deception podcast. And, and that's basically what I want to look into is, is what lies we've been told and why and how it got us where we are today.
0: I think that's fantastic. And I'm so glad, um, that there's going to be another new podcast for everybody to listen to. Uh, And especially from somebody that knows what they're talking about, researches very in depth. You've done a lot of shows uh, with my good friend Ryan from Dangerous World Pod, and you are a highly intelligent person. And so I'm very excited to have you on board in the podcasting community because I think more people need to get word out about literally everything that they've been covering up and hiding for such a long time.
1: Every voice counts, right? I mean, and exactly. that's why I'm doing it. I mean, I'm probably, what, five years behind. But at the same time, like you said, every little voice counts, even if, you know, one person hears it and and quote unquote wakes up to to the reality of what we're in right now. We did our job.
0: Exactly. And, you know, I was having this discussion yesterday with uh, Whiskey Beer and Conspiracies. We did a show together. And one of the things that we talked about is that even reaching one person, that's one person more to add to the list of people that are finding out truth. You don't have to have an audience of 250 thousand viewers or a million viewers or anything like that. You can have literally an audience of five people. And if you reach one out of those five, that's all you need. And Ex- then yep. they'll tell somebody. That Yeah, and that's what spreads. I was going to say.
1: It's like the telephone game, right? And it, if right. you can get it to pass on, it, it, it grows exponentially.
0: Right. And I think that's such um, an amazing thing because – you know if if everybody in the podcast community can even reach one more person that's just going to make our numbers grow which is highly important for this day and age so without a doubt welcome aboard so when are you going to be putting your new show out
1: uh i'm hoping to get a couple episodes out on labor day so within next week i recorded my first episode and it, i'm doing a solo podcast so mm-hmm. Uh, the first couple, I'm gonna do things like this where I uh, present some deep dives that I've done. Uh, my mm-hmm. first episode was just kind of a mission statement. you know what right. what uh, what is my podcast about and and a little bit about myself and my story um, mm-hmm. and how I got into this. Uh, so I- I'm excited. you know i've I've been listening to podcasts for for years now, and I, I, there's so many. Great ones out there. I can't even listen to them all, so I try and catch a little bit of everything. You know, I mean, my I and and it keeps growing, right? Like you said before, every week it seems like there's a new person that I meet that has a podcast, and I start Mm -hmm. listening to theirs, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And I try, you know, my thing is just try and spread it. If I can't listen to all your episodes, I'll try and share it with other people and 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 get others to listen too. Mm -hmm. Um, And and like you said, hopefully, just spread the word.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's really hard, uh, like you said, because we know so many people in the podcasting community and every day I'm literally discovering something else and I'm like, there is not enough hours in the day for me to sit down and listen to everybody's show and stay current on their episodes. Now, I, I admit I will get a little behind, but I usually always catch up but um, when you're adding new stuff, that makes it even more, <laughs> I even, more I even went as, <laughs> Yeah
1: I even went as far as starting to listen to some of them ramped up the speed, right? I'll, right. I'll, I'll bump it up a little and make them sound like a character, but at least I get the <laughs> content, you know, and I can squeeze a few more in during the day.
0: You know, that's kind of funny because I do the same thing because some people talk really slow anyway. And then when you speed it up, it's actually hilarious. And so I can have a laugh while I'm listening to it because it sounds like they're on helium.
1: <laughs> well, if you listen to mine, that's how it's going to be because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of calculated. I'm, I'm not a fast talker. So I it, it takes a little bit. So if you speed up mine, I it, <laughs> it will definitely sound funny.
0: You are not a slow talker. There are some out there, though. That wow, it's um, I love everybody in the community, but sometimes, yeah, that that listening at one and a half or even two speed is is kind of funny. So, (laughs) so tell me, um, like, have you always been? I don't want to say awake, but have you always like sought the truth, or was there something that happened? that made you start looking into things?
1: Honestly, I I, I wasn't, I was your typical, you know, mainstream guy. I, you know, I love sports. So I was always into sports and I was very distracted with sports, you know, whether it was watching them on the television or participating or, and movies, I loved movies. So I was a big like watcher consumer of, of, of movies as well. And then probably about 2005, uh, a buddy of mine gave me uh, the Loose Change documentary about 9 And I watched that and I was floored. I, w- I couldn't believe it. I was in total denial at first. I'm like, there's no way they would do this. And so I started, you know, I, I stepped away and then I watched it again. And I was like, damn, I'm like, they've been. Do-. And then it made me think, OK, if they did this, what else are they lying about? Right. And so ever since then, I, I've i been on a slow, gradual increase to where I am today. Mm-hmm. I would say probably around 2018 is when it really, or 2016 more so, when, when Trump got into office and there was a lot of back and forth, I really started getting into it. And then in the last, you know, 18 months, it's just gone on absolute pedal to the metal. You know, I've been <laughs> digging into everything. And that's what I even said in my... uh In my intro, you know, I started getting into this kind of basically. I I developed an autoimmune disease in 2016, and the doctors didn't do anything, so I had to do all my research on my own and find alternate ways to get around their pharmaceuticals. And Mm -hmm. when I started doing that, it sent me on rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. And and I, I joke around because I started looking at you know pharmaceuticals versus natural remedies, and now. I'm balls deep in Tartaria. You know, it's like, <laughs> how did I get here?
0: <laughs> you're like, that took a very definite turn. <laughs> oh, yeah. And everything in between, you know, and and and
1: with all the stuff that was going on last year, and you just some of the topics you research, some of them you start digging into them and you're like, ah, oh, this is this is ridiculous. But some of them you're like, this is real. This is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I tell a lot of I don't share a lot with my family for the most part because they wrote me off last year as being crazy. So right. I, I I'm I don't in the push same the, boat. Yeah, I don't push the information on anybody, but if anybody's willing to listen, I'll, I'll be glad to walk them through some stuff. And I, you know, obviously I'm not gonna go right at him with like a pizza gate or anything like that. <laughs> but I'll start them with a slow, you know, a drip. And let me right. say, hey, think about this. If they're doing this, do you think they could do something else? And mm-hmm, and if you can exactly. get that light bulb to go off. Then they're like, oh, okay, I see. Maybe, you know, maybe. And that's all I want. I want you to give it a maybe. I don't, I don't need you to agree with me. And 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 honestly, I don't believe ever or I don't know anything. I just believe some stuff, right? I've done research, right. but my thing is, is unless I see it with my own eyes, I can't believe it. Right? I can't be a hundred percent in on it. Right. So you know there's a lot of things that i hold strong on like what we're going to go over today but at the same time i i can't say for 100% certain that anything is true because i oh. haven't seen it with my own two eyes
0: right and and that's that's so true but you know um like the one thing if people look up even and this is going to kind of tie into what we're going to talk about today but even look up all of the, quote, operations from um, the Cox in America. That's the CIA. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? And and look into uh, the projects that they ran and the things that they did. If that doesn't scare the shit out of people or make people be like, oh, well, after – you know, reading their own documentation. And these are the things that they were doing to not only us, but other people around the world. Like, why would, why would anyone still question? Why would the government ever be out to hurt us? And yes, it's a government agency.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. And and it's a worldwide agency. You know, they, they are kind of the agents of chaos, Right. Right.
0: It's the craziest thing. So today we're going to discuss the dark side of Disney, and I know you have a lot of information about this. So let's get into this. Tell me all about it.
1: Well, it, it's interesting because, because as I was when I was younger, right? I, as a as a kid, you know, in middle school and, and high school, I, I was into Disney. You know, my neighbor across the street, I used to babysit them a lot, so they the way to distract them. Let's watch Disney movies. So, I mean, I knew, I knew all the movies. I could, I could tell you the songs. I could sing along with them. I mean, I was into it and I thought it was great. And then all of a sudden I read something uh, probably about two years ago about Walt Disney and and some of his connections. And it just sent me on this crazy rabbit hole to where I am today, where I'm looking at like maybe a two or three part podcast series just on the dark side of Disney now the funny part is, is most people are going to say, "Oh, what are you talking about? This is Disney. You, you're just making this stuff up." Exactly. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm like, just listen to me. And, and after this episode, if if you don't agree, that's fine. But if you start connecting the dots slowly, you'll start to see the big picture, and it's not all it's out to be. And like I said before, it's all about inversion. It's all about subliminal messaging and, and programming. Right. And where do we see that on a daily basis? It's everywhere. Symbols pro uh, you know, predictive programming, symbolism, and all this stuff just keeps coming up over and over again. And it's almost like it's scripted. It's almost like it's part of a playbook Mm -hmm. and it starts to make you think, and then you start seeing it in other areas. And it's, this isn't just relegated to Disney Right, you can look at some. You can look at the music industry. You can look at the movies. You can look at, um, you know, uh, other Disney's competitor, Nickelodeon. You know, right. and, and there's darkness to all of this. Now, granted, they promote it as family friendly and kid mm-hmm. friendly. And, <laughs> you know, all that. And mm-hmm. and it is on the surface, yeah, it is. But when you look at the and and what I try and tell everybody is, what is their intention? Right. right? What, are they, what is their real intention? And 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 here the bottom line is is one obviously money, but the other one is the programming side of things. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is the biggest thing. And and what I say to everyone is is when you consider anything post World War Two, you have to consider a inversion, which I'm going to say over and over again because it's just flipping things upside right. down. And the other thing is, is if you become as big as Disney is, you can't do it without being tied to either the government or secret societies. Correct. Because they have to control you, right? That's Correct. where the money is. They're all about money, power, control. That's the key mm-hmm. to their lives. And, and that's what we'll see here today. And what, I, what I'll, I'll present to everyone today is, is how did we get here? and 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 Walt Disney is an interesting character in himself, and then his corporation on top of it is just a whole nother layer of madness
0: you know and I would say um not only uh like money and control, but also being um part of the secret societies and the elitist and things like that also provide you the opportunity for cover from crimes because the occult societies have people that are lawyers, judges, um, law enforcement you name it at the highest level it's easier for you to commit a crime and get away with it or get it covered up without like anyone even discovering because there's so many people. That are so deep into literally every, every organization, whether it's, you know, like I said, law enforcement or, you know, judges or, or whatever. It's crazy.
1: And that's what Disney is, right? I mean, Disney world is one example of that. Right. And and we'll get into that a little bit later, but if you look Mm -hmm. at Disney as a whole, he's connected to, uh, indirectly Freemasonry right the cia the fbi and nasa
0: right <laughs>
1: and, and so if you're connected to all those groups everything isn't roses there's there's some darkness there because
0: absolutely
1: the, and and it's just it's mind blowing you know it mm-hmm. really is
0: so and, tell and, me like tell me a little bit about walt disney himself well walt disney he was uh Born
1: in the early 1900s, 1901, uh, to he was grew up in the Midwest. Uh, Interesting point about Disney, and and I'm big into the um, the World's Fairs, and I don't know if anybody knows about the World's Fairs, but that's a whole other rabbit hole. One of the I was reading a book recently, and it turns out that Walt Disney's father worked as a carpenter and furniture maker at the Chicago Exposition in 1893. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh so I started looking into that. And then you come to find out that Walt Disney himself then worked on the World's Fair in 1964 in New York, in, and it's where he introduced it's a small world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but he grew up, you know, Midwestern home, normal childhood. Uh there's some rumors out there that he was a, you know, adopted love child, and you can go down all these crazy routes. And I'm not gonna support any of those because I didn't find any real facts behind it. Right. People, people know his mother and his father and it's been documented. So I'm going to go along a little different line, but he, he was very uh, patriotic. Uh, initially he wanted to join the army uh, when he was 17, but he wasn't old enough. So what he did is he forged his paperwork work to join the red, C- uh, red cross ambulance corps and went over to France during World War One, and uh, so he went over there. And then, you know, the war ended. He came back, and it was interesting because uh, a year or two after he came back, he gets involved in what's called the Order of the Demolay, which is a small offshoot or a a the younger version of. Freemasonry. So he gets into that and, and it's, it's, it's very interesting, but right after he joins that, all of a sudden he decides, I want to be an animator. So he starts a studio with a gentleman by the name of UB Iwerks in 1922. But by 1923, they filed for bankruptcy. So, he, first business was a failure, but then right away, he starts up Disney Brothers Studios with his brother, Roy, and, which later became the Walt Disney Company. And they wanted to produce films, specifically animated films. Um, and that was their big thing. But the, the interesting thing is that uh, Walt Disney didn't even create Mickey Mouse. That was created by UBI Works. And mm-hmm. he didn't animate Mickey Mouse either. He was just the voice. So the real, the real legs behind the whole Mickey Mouse and, and Disney originally was this UB Iwerks character who eventually, you know, they parted ways in, in 1930. But Disney also had a nervous breakdown in the uh, early 1930s. And uh, so he, you know, right there, you start seeing some cracks in the armor, right? And they, one of the things they always said about Walt Disney were there were two Walt Disney's. There was the actual man, and then there was the Disney image. And Walt Disney, as a man, he—he he was rumored to be a chain smoker. You know, he was supposedly sexist, misogynist. Had mm-hmm. you know some Nazi connections. Uh, you know, obviously he was into uh, secret societies. So there's this real duality to him, and right. there was this public persona. But then there was the Walt Disney, the person, the man. And, and that's what I found interesting. And I wasn't aware of that until I started digging into this a little bit more and that he didn't even allow women to be animators. Right. Initially. So, you know, it's, it wasn't all, it's not all these rosy picture here for, for Mr. Walt Disney himself. So, you know, I don't believe all the things about him being this big racist, you know, anti-Semitic and you know, all that. Some people go on – there's a book called uh, Walt Disney, Hollywood's Dark Prince by Mark Elliott. And and I think that goes a little overboard with the with the Disney bashing. So I don't believe everything that's said about him, but I believe a lot of it. And I believe mm-hmm. that he was – he played ball and is involved in everything. Right, That has to do with, you know, the, the dark side of Disney.
0: You know, and I think um, talking about the duality of personalities, it's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type thing. And I think a lot of people that are in the public eye have that. Um, and this is, you know, and thinking about like, even people like Ellen DeGeneres, which I don't like her. I'm not promoting her by any sh- way, shape, or form. But like her her persona on TV and what her staff says she's like off camera are are two totally different people.
1: Yeah. It's like Chelsea Handler. Same yeah. thing. Right? Yeah, they have this exactly. great public image. But then you ask the people that are with them day to day and they're like, no, no, no. That's not them at all. Mm-hmm that's a facade
0: and i think almost they it's like they have to be these two different types of people um to live in their in their own world or their own reality because um like if you really were just a complete and total asshole at all times even on screen disney would have never worked
1: Oh, no way. No, mm-hmm. especially with the way they presented it. Right. I right. mean, that's,
0: that's it's the Disney- happiest place on earth. <laughs> exactly. Right.
1: It's, it's wholesome family entertainment. And, and that's one. that's an interesting thing too, because one of the things that I think shaped later Disney was what happened in, in to him, right? He, uh, he bought a house for his parents in the early 1940s. And, uh, They were having some issues with the furnace in the house. And so he sent some studio guys over to fix it. Well, it it turns out they didn't fix it correctly. And the next morning, uh, his mother had passed away from asphyxiation and Mm -hmm. his father was sick and went to the hospital, but he recovered, but his mother passed away. So he lost his mother, you know, I mean, he was a 40 year old man, so it wasn't like he was a child or anything. But this is something that you see over and over and over again in the Disney productions. 100
0: percent. Yeah, the nope.
1: trauma, the death of a parent, mm-hmm. the the breakup of the family, and it's there is a lot of that traumatic stuff that I think came from this uh, this event right here, where you know, indirectly, he killed his mother. It wasn't intentional. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong here. Right. But at the same time, you know, he kind of cheaped out and instead of paying a a professional to do it, he just had Mm -hmm. his guys go over and fix it and it ended up costing him his mother. And, and, and it's sad and tragic, but at the same time, I really think that shaped the way the company went going forward.
0: And I have to tend to agree with you. And I always considered them just like hidden messages because a lot of the Disney films, Um, they're broken families or both of the parents are, are missing um, like, what was that? Lilo and stitch. Yep. You know, where it's just the two sisters and there's no parents around, you know, or all these other uh, Disney movies where there, there are no parental figures whatsoever in the entire movie. It's, it's just like, um, all these kids are left to fend for themselves basically and, and figure out life. Well, and yeah. That's, and that's like a, a theme throughout their movies. Oh, it's huge. I mean, there is even a, Bambi.
1: Yeah. Right in front of her mother. Right. I mean, right. That's what we look when we get into it. Uh, the, yeah, they have, it's just over and over again, deceased and missing parents. I mean, we can go through a few of them here. Aladdin was, was an orphan Bambi, like you just said, uh, bell from beauty and the beast, Cinderella, mm-hmm. uh, Ariel, the little mermaid, mm-hmm. right. Pocahontas, uh, you just keep going through over and over and over. And, and one of them is, is a lot of it's with the the princesses. A lot mm-hmm. of the princesses come from broken homes, abusive homes, or uh single parent or no parent. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is a very interesting theme for something that's supposed to be wholesome family entertainment.
0: Mm-hmm. Snow White.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I was actually trying to dig through here because it's—I mean—the list is so long that let me see if I can find this right here because there's. Yeah. Okay. So we go through, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, there are a ton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to see right here if, mm-hmm. if they have an actual number, but I never did see an actual single number. But it's just it's they said something to the effect that, you know, the vast majority of Disney films involve trauma. Right. And, and, and to subject children to trauma, it's it's evil. I mean, it's it's part of a programming. Why would why would we want our children to watch something that's traumatic to them? And, right. and, and put this into their, into their mind. And I just, mm-hmm. I have a real, and that's one of the things that, that when it opened, when I opened up my mind to this and I started thinking back and looking at all these movies and, and you start seeing it over and over and over. And it's not a one-off it's, it's the majority of the movies. I think they said something like 80, 80 to 90% of Disney films have trauma or violence in them.
0: And you know what's interesting about that, Um, like if you look into uh, the CIA projects and like Project Monarch and and whatnot, um, one of their biggest characteristics is the use of trauma to cause disassociation. And so, especially if you're thinking about nowadays, um, there are so many People in the generation coming up that are completely disassociated from reality. Like they have no idea what's going on around them. Like they're basically empty shells. Um, You can't even really call them people because it's almost like they're soulless, which was a huge thing during Project Monarch because that's how it's really easy to influence people to kill. Even if you go back, like, I'm real big into, like, um, looking at documentaries and stuff on serial killers and, like, what makes them tick. And it's always somebody with a disassociative personality. And that's exactly where it stems from, is trauma. And so if you get, you know, little kids hooked on trauma-based stuff, even in the form of a cartoon, you're shaping them to basically have no personality so that they're easier to control and to mind warp.
1: Oh yeah. And, and, and Disney not only did it in the uh, car- animations, they also did it to their child actors. And, oh, and that's, that's definitely. where you get into it. You get into the Monarch mind control, the MK ultra programs, you get into the, the beta sex kittens and a lot of people are like, "Oh, this is this is going off the rails already." I'm like, "Just wait, you know." It, but
0: it's it, not; <laughs> it, it's there.
1: And then once you see it, and and uh, and as we get into this, I'll, I'll I'll give you some things to look for. And once you see it, you're going to be like, "Oh my god, I can't stop seeing it. It's everywhere because it is." And and in whether it's the music industry, whether it's the film industry, whether it's you know kids programming, uh, commercials. You start seeing these things and, and and they're not there by accident. There are no such thing as coincidences.
0: No, there's not. And and so much of this stuff, and that's why um you're gonna have a lot of people that uh are like, oh, Disney is like Disney would never, Disney's such a great organization. And to me, it is extremely cultish behavior and it is no different from remember like when people were following trump and everybody that follows him is a cultist you're in the 45 cult yep uh disney people uh they're cultish too because they eat sleep and breathe disney their vacations are at disney they have to Always watch every Disney movie. They own every Disney movie. You can't say anything bad about Disney. So if you're projecting you know, onto another group that you're cultish, you really need to look at your own behavior if you're one of those people that's like that about Disney because it's the same damn thing.
1: Oh, I have family members that are just like that. You know, uh, uh, there are family members that I have that make the annual trek down to Disney World. They watch Mm -hmm. every movie. And if I ever told them some of this stuff, they would absolutely never speak to me again. I'd be written off forever. And and that's it, because there's no way, you know, And, and what is that? That's programming. If you if you can't think with an open mind about things, you've been programmed. And that's like you said before, with the, with the whole Trump crowd, that's the Mm -hmm. same. It's the same idea. They want you into groups. They want you into teams because once you're divided, you're easily manipulated and you'll just keep drinking the Kool-Aid no matter, no matter what it is. And they'll present it to you in one way, but at the same time, they're subverting you with their programming and with their alternate inverted messages that you exactly. don't even know you're consuming. And that's the, that's the thing with Disney is a lot of people don't even know they're consuming it. They just write it off as, oh, it's a Disney film. And and li- listen, I don't want to kill Disney for everyone. You know, that's not my intention here. My intention is is to, to let you know that it's out there. But exactly. you also, it's like music, right? You have to separate the art from the artists. One of my favorite bands is Led Zeppelin. You know, you look at them and they're certainly not the best people in the world. Right. You know, they have a lot of flaws as people, but damn, they make good music, you know? So right. I, I, and, and especially nowadays, because now with the internet and everything out there, you can basically find dirt on anyone nowadays. So oh, sure. you really, and you'll drive yourself nuts if you just try and write everyone off. You know, you'll you'll be left with nothing in the end. There'd be nothing left to watch, nothing left to listen to, because basically it's all been uh, perverted in some way.
0: Right. And that's the thing, um, because we have that conversation here a lot of times, because, you know, like stuff will come out like about the cuties show on Netflix or about, you know, this or that. Um, or whatever company did something awful or egregious or whatever, we should boycott. Okay, great. Um, so you're gonna no longer watch any TV. You're not gonna have any electronic devices. You're not gonna uh, shop at Walmart or whatever because you know if you eliminate literally every company that does something you find distasteful there's not going to be hardly anybody left. you're going to so, be living so in the what? woods
1: yeah by yourself because everything from the cell phone you consume where do they get right. all the the, the components right. where are they made you know i mean you look at the apple factory over in china they have to have nets because people are jumping off because they're trying to commit suicide right so you know you, you, yeah you're exactly right janet you're you just can't
0: If you're going to watch something, you have to learn to watch with discernment Um, and turn off that portion of your brain, you know, that, you know, like we can totally watch, like we love horror movies. And a lot of people are like, you should never watch a horror movie because it brings your vibration down. It doesn't me um, just because I find most of them just silly retarded you know what i'm saying um you just have to watch it with that uh like like everything is uh like a joke everything everything in any kind of movie is some kind of programming but we just don't subscribe to that kind of behavior, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's you can know it's going on and you can see it with your own two eyes, but it doesn't right. mean you have to fall for it, right? And mm-hmm. that's, I have a tough time watching a lot of shows with my, I have an eight-year-old son. And when I watch TV with him, you know, some of the programs he watches, I'm like, oh man, I see that symbol, I see that symbol. I'm not gonna right. be there and be like, hey buddy, hey buddy, know what they're doing right there? No, I'm not gonna right. ruin it for him. And I'm not gonna drive myself crazy, but in the back of my head, I see it, but I'm not right. gonna fall for it. So yeah, you're exactly right. You have to be able to take it with a grain of salt and use rational, you know, use your brain. Don't don't fall for it. Be be above it, and it's okay to recognize it. And 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 there's nothing wrong with that. And and like you said, Mm -hmm. you can't cancel everything. We have to live. We have to have some form of entertainment. You know, even books. There's a lot of books out there that are bad. But man, I love a good story. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I I like to think outside the box. I like to be, you know stimulated so you you can't just write everything off because and and think about how big these corporations are too right there's a few bad apples in all of them and and to get where they got you have to do bad stuff right it's just part of the game
0: yeah and especially like the big corporations now um, where most of them have a, a member of their board or several members or whatnot that go Every time they hold a world economic forum, you know, and nothing good comes out of there. But all of these corporations are literally in every aspect of our everyday life. So you just have to make a choice of what you are and aren't going to do and what you are and aren't going to support. You know, yeah, yeah I, you have I to mean, draw a line. You gotta think about it. Yeah.
1: Right beforehand, you write down, okay, here's some places I'm not willing to go. Right. And right. if the company crosses that line, okay, then I'll write them off. Right. But unless it's rampant, there's right. times, like I said, you just have to look the other way and 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 realize it's it, it is unfortunately the way society is today. Right. And and for these people to be able to produce what they want to produce, they have to play ball. They have to be involved. They have to, you know, be in that circle. It's a small group and we're not in it, but they have to be if they want to be included.
0: So how did, um, how did they get their funding from the government?
1: Disney? Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't, what they did is, here, here's how it, it started. They started with um, Walt Disney World or Walt Disneyland in California. Mm-hmm. And that was in uh, 1965. So what they did was, or 1955. I'm sorry. They start. They opened uh, Disneyland, and it was quote, as you said before, the happiest place on earth. Right. Then in 1965, Disney came up with this idea. So we're told that he wanted to start a new type of city, the city of tomorrow. Right, and that was his big thing. He was always looking ahead, and and so what they came up with, which was the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, just so happens to be EPCOT is the acronym for that. So they came up with this idea in 1965 to to start Disney World to rival. Obviously, Disneyland is on the West Coast. They wanted something on the East Coast, mm-hmm. and they wanted it a, a bigger better, you know, uh, um, more extensive. So what they did is in the night, in the, ni- the mid sixties, Disney, <laughs> this is where he gets involved with the CIA. He teams with these two gentlemen, one by the name of wild Bill Donovan, who if you're familiar with operation paperclip or anything mm-hmm. to do with the Nazis, right. Wild Bill Donovan was, uh, the head of the OSS, which was the predecessor to the CIA. Mm-hmm. And his, his, another one was a gentleman by the name of Paul Hellwell. And Paul Hellwell was another CIA guy who ran CIA operations in Southeast Asia. And his specialty was setting up dummy companies to counter the communists in Southeast Asia. So what they did is they came up with this brilliant scheme that they wanted to grab as much land as possible as cheap as possible so what they did is they started creating these shell companies and started buying up parcels of land in florida and what all secretive right and and even to the extent that they were paying journalists and media and to put out false propaganda like there was rumors hmm. that the land was being hmm. bought by Ford for a Ford plant. So they started going through this and doing this, and they started buying up land, and they were getting land for as cheap as eighty dollars an acre. Hmm. And Thought that'd be nice. Did you tell me about it. <laughs> so a- after a while, they ended up grabbing about forty square miles of land in Florida, which is like twenty seven thousand acres for an average of $200 per acre and what happened is as soon as the people in the area found out what was going on and it finally leaked out that it was Disney the price jumped to $80,000 per acre now you can look at that two ways one is okay now the land is worth more in general but now Disney's land itself is worth more so they just turned their investment into this massive, massive investment, and now they have all this land. Well, what do we do with it? They didn't want to. They didn't want to be obligated to the local government. So this is where uh, Paul Hellwell comes into the picture. He starts creating these these uh, phantom cities. They call them. One is called Bay Lake, and one is Lake Buena Vista. And what they did is they created these two districts and the only residents that were allowed to live there were handpicked by Disney executives. And, And well, basically the CIA, they say Disney executives, but it was by the CIA. And in these two areas, they were exempt from taxation. They were exempt from zoning and land use laws. And all the money that they generated from the theme parks would stay in Disney.
0: Hmm, isn't that interesting?
1: Yeah, and 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 so what they and here's the here's the funny part is you I I did a I've been trying to do a research on these two areas to see what the the last census that was done in Bay Lake was in 2010. They had 47 residents. Lake Buena Vista, and and, and uh, Bay Lake is basically where Epcot is. Lake Buena Vista is where um, downtown Disney is. And that has a population of 10 people. <laughs> so you start looking at this <laughs> and it's like, are you kidding me? And so then what they did to be even more, to add more, well, you need, you need services, right, in the area. So they created what's called the Reedy Creek Improvement Project uh, District, which they did in uh, 1967, I believe. And they would handle like waste removal, you know, uh, emergency medical services, fire departments, uh, security, things like that. So, what they essentially did is they created their own little country, own little nation inside of Flo- the state of Florida, where the state of Florida cannot shut down a single ride at Disney. And so, Disney. It, runs their own property and they keep all the money and don't have to pay taxes on it. So they get all the benefit of that land as well. And it's just, it's kind of amazing. You know, you have to give them credit because it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant plan.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: You know, as, as dirty and underhanded as it is. And that's how Disney is so successful. They've, you know, they've, they they teamed with the CIA. The CIA is masterminds of this. And that's what happened. So now Disney has this area set up and the state of Florida cannot do anything. Like when, when, you know, COVID first hit last year, who was one of the first, what was one of the first things to shut down? It was Disney world, right? Mm-hmm. That was right after the NBA, it was Disney world right away. So right. they're, they're not outside the realm of playing ball and and people be like, well, it was, it's for safety. Nah, it was, it was more of a statement that if Disney's right. closing, yeah, you better protect your kids. You better stay exactly. inside. If Disney's not safe, what's safe? Yeah. So I feel like that was a big, big mental play that they did last year too, as well.
0: So- well, you know, and, and during that project that you were talking about where they or they're making these shell corporations and buying up land and putting out propaganda that has CIA written all over it from the get go. Because if they're, you know, Oh, look over here. It's no, it's Ford buying it. Oh, it's so-and-so buying it. That is Project mockingbird to a T that is exactly what it was set up for was media propaganda.
1: Exactly. And, and in Mockingbird, right. Who did they, Disney was a part of that. Right. Because if you, if you look, uh, they said that in, uh, between, oh, let's see, between Disney and other companies, it was the CIA had like, th- I think it was 3000 CIA operatives and 400 journalists on the payroll for right. Mockingbird. Right. And, and Disney was part of ABC which is right. you know one of the big players. Of course. So that that corporate yeah they, they and there you go again. What did you say operation mockingbird? These mm-hmm. operations. Operation
0: these- anything that you hear that has operation in front of it, it is the CIA. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yep, which is which is interesting because It it's rumored and I I haven't been able to prove it yet, other than you know, seeing it in a couple articles or a meme or two. But supposedly Alan Dulles is who is, you know, essentially the godfather of the CIA.
0: CIA director. He's a distant Uh, relative.
1: Yeah, he's a distant relative of Disney. So that would not surprise me in any way, shape, or form. No, and going back to what I said before, right, is that you don't get this big. Without being put there or having the connections to get there, that exactly. may have been Disney's in.
0: Yeah. So and and that that would not surprise me. And if you can get like the happiest place on earth to be on board with your propaganda crap, um, why not?
1: Yeah. And what what was Dulles known for? Dulles was known for the MK Ultra program, right? Oh and yeah. Paperclip bringing all the Nazis over. So you start seeing it start meshing itself in. It starts with Mockingbird and the propaganda. And then once they have that under control, then they'll work their way into the company and start festering from the inside out. And, and, And Disney's almost a playbook to that because what did you have? You had the CIA help them acquire all the land and everything. Right. So they have their base, their home base. How do they keep it going? They use Operation Mockingbird. They use Propaganda. Mm-hmm. Then once they get it established, now we're gonna get inside of it and and make it dance, right? They're the ultimate puppeteers. Right. So they get they get Disney to do what they want through pro, you know, things like MK Ultra and 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 Project Monarch. And one funny thing about that, when I was doing the show with Ryan about this, he he brought up a good point. He goes, What's Monarch Mind Control? MMC? Right. Mickey Mouse Mickey Clubhouse Club. or Mickey yep. Mouse Club was back yep. in the day. Now it's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, the, the little Mickey cartoon character that my son watched a little bit as a kid. Mm-hmm. And the other interesting one is, is what were the Mickey Mouse Club kids called?
0: The Mouseketeers.
1: Yeah. MK, right? Mouseketeers. Mm-hmm. MK. They could have just been the mice. No, they were the Mouseketeers. So, right. you know, you start seeing these things and it's a bit of a stretch, but you know, like not really. Before,
0: what, let me say something real quick. Not really, because that's during the time when I grew up, I grew up in the seventies. And so that was a big deal. Of course, we still had black and white TV back then and whatever, but they had, you know, the, Mickey Mouse Club on TV and you could, you know, write in and they would send you the mouse ears and a card for membership in their club.
1: There you go, you're part of the
0: club, right? Yep. Everybody wants to be in a club. Yep. I'm just saying that was a that was a thing and parents didn't know any better and they're like, "Oh sure, let me submit all of my fucking child's information." To this organization just to get him a pair of fucking mouse ears. Yep. Made out of felt. Come on now. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, oh, and a plastic it, it, membership card. It's amazing.
1: Right. And and just right. for that, it's like, you know, it's like uh, what was it in, in the movie, The Christmas Story, where he gets the decoder ring and then it just says, drink your Ovaltine, you know, but they got him hooked into it. So, right. you know, like with this, it's like you you gave them all your information and now you're part of our club. Now you're one of us. Exactly. But in reality, you're not. You, you have nothing to do with them, but you, right. you feel like it in your heart. Mm-hmm. And from your parents' standpoint, they did the right thing because now you're one of them. Now you're one of the good M- Mickey Mouse clubbers.
0: Exactly. So not it's, that it not that it gets you anything other than, like I said, the 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 card and a pair of mouse ears. But you know, well, and the funny thing the with the club. mouse
1: ears is that's one of the mind control programs that they right. say is out there. Is is right. the Mickey Mouse ears is one of the signs of either your Monarch controlled, or it's a trigger for those who are under the control, and uh, so you see that over and over again. And and I, you know, if you Google Google Mickey Mouse ears and one eye, or Mickey Mouse ears and uh, oh, what was the other one we saw? One eye and the uh, oh shoot, I can't remember now. Like the outfits, right? Whether it's black and white. right? Right. What were Mickey's colors? Black and white. Oh,
0: just like that. um, The, What the hell is it called at Disney? The club?
1: Oh, Club 33.
0: Yeah. Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's an amazing one. Disney. Yeah. So if you, that's a great one because that's where you start seeing the ties between the Masonic part of Disney in this. And now they play it off as all coincidence, right? Now let's see how much of a coincidence oh, this horse is. Oh, shit. It's Club Le- 33, right? It's on 33 Royal Street. Right. On the hmm. 33rd parallel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You go into the place, and, and, and I, I recommend if you've never seen it before, just Google Club 33 Disney. It's got the black and white checkerboard floors. Mm-hmm. It's got blue and gold curtains, which is the color of the Masons, and it has the two pillars, Joaquin and Boaz, Mm -hmm. in there as well. So if you're, you know, that's, you give me one of those, I'll say, okay, you know, black and white floor, okay, maybe. No, you give me all three of those, and there's a connection.
0: Right. And for people that don't know about those pillars, that comes from the tree of life, um, that you can uh, look into, or you can get a hold of, uh, in my Patriot from a rejects. And he'll be happy to explain that. Yeah. To you. It's all
1: about duality, left hand, right, right hand. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and that's, what's interesting too, about this club. It's a very elite club, right. right? It's a very, um, there's, there's only supposedly about 500 members and Oh, here's another one. What do you think the initial membership fee would be to get into that club?
0: Is it thirty three or six <laughs> six six? Thirty three thousand dollars is the is initial membership all? fee. Is that all? It's spare uh, pocket change, I tell ya. Yeah,
1: you. Yeah, you're going to sign up right now, right, Janet?
0: Exactly. I'm typing it in. as we speak.
1: <laughs> Well, the other thing too is there's like a wait list, supposedly of like up to I think it was like fourteen years or something like that to get on. Yeah. So no, no thanks. You know, and there, now they originally it was just one. Now there's uh, three, let's see, there's three Club 33s. Yeah, there's, no, there's four. There's U.S., Shanghai, Tokyo. No, yeah, Shanghai, Tokyo, and Orlando. Yep.
0: So. And what is what is the point of it exactly? It, it's this big exclusive membership that has very limited membership. What the hell is the point? None other than to say
1: you're in the club, right? You get get a, a, a premier passport for yourself, your spouse and children. Um, No, You can go to the, the, to, um, either Disney world or Disneyland any day. There's no block out dates. You know, you have unlimited photo pass downloads, uh, free parking, right? That's a, that's a perk. But then the big thing is, is you get to go to the the dining, the the club itself and eat there. It's kind of, you know, one of those we're in a
0: club and you're not. Okay. What are they going to feed you at this club? That's my concern. Yeah. I don't want to know. Because we all know the stories about them. I just am going to say I don't give a shit. But then again, I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World and I don't care to go. I just don't. I, maybe I'm like the weirdo of the world. I don't know, but I've never in my life been like, Oh my God, I have money to go on vacation. I want to go there.
1: Well, and that's it's so no. expensive now. It's, it's yeah. so astro and for what, you know, I, it's, it's one of those where you look at it and, and like I said, I have family that goes there every year. I went there probably about 10 years ago now, uh, with a friend of mine. And, uh, he wanted me to take, you know, go with him and his kids cause his, uh, his wife was unable to go. So I-, I went down to help him out. And, uh, you know, while I'm down there, I'm like, man, as soon as we got in the parks, I couldn't wait to get out. It- it's just that it's, it's hot. It's sticky. It's right. You wait in line forever. I mean, I think the line for space mountain was like four hours.
0: Yeah. And I, I have no patience for stuff like that. I just don't, maybe it's my age and I just don't uh, care to do that. But like, even if we go somewhere to eat randomly, you know, and there's going to be a really long wait, we're like, Nope. There are lots (laughs) of other places to go. Like I don't have uh, the time nor the care to sit there and wait for something like that. So yeah, I won't I won't be going to wait in line at Disney for any reason.
1: <laughs> no, and that's one of the things they get they get those, you know, front of the line passes and things like that. They get special tours and uh, you know, the, the big thing is just the the prestige of it, right? The notoriety right. of saying, I'm in the club and you're not. Right. You know, honestly you can have it. I don't want
0: it. <laughs> exactly. I shall I shall pass on your pass (laughs) and I will not pay you thirty thousand dollars. No.
1: And that's just to get in. And then you have to pay annual dues, which are anywhere from forty or fifteen to twenty-five K.
0: That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I you know I I think I guess you would have to be really in love with going there to do that or even consider that kind of thing. Cause that's like um I liken that to like buying a pass at the zoo or, you know, like a yearly pass in an aquarium or whatever. If you really are not going to go all of the time, you are wasting your money.
1: Oh, without a doubt.
0: I, I don't. Yeah. And there's
1: a lot of people that have money to waste though, right? The people yeah. that are doing this aren't you or I, they just, they just have money. They, they wipe with hundreds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That gave me a bad visual. Get that out of my head. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Get out of my head. Get out of my head. So, like, what happened? Was there a switch between, like, when Disney was still alive to something different after he died?
1: Well, he died while they were acquiring all that land in for Disney World right uh, they started doing that in 1965 he passed away in 1966 so when that happened his brother roy took over and from my research it seems like roy was a bit more of a puppet right they they could basically get roy to do anything they wanted so if if you know if howell and and wild bill donovan helped them set up this big park you know, The Happiest Place on Earth Part 2, you don't think they're just going to set it up and walk away. So I feel like they then, you know, used uh, Roy as kind of the puppet to take take their idea of what Disney should be forward. Mm -hmm. And you got to remember, this is in, you know, mid-60s. So we're talking, we're barely 20 years out of World War II. This is Mm -hmm. when all of the... You know, I, I, I have a hard time saying the Nazis lost World War II. They just kind of switched teams, and right. And when they came over here, <laughs> they switched
0: teams, and we got them exactly Day for us trades. And that's what we're in right now,
1: right? Yeah. We are in essentially the fourth Reich because right. you look, they took over science, they right. went after they they were big into the pharmaceuticals, they were oh, big yeah. into the mind control,
0: hundred um, percent
1: you know they and that's where you have to start looking at this with a grain of salt because it's it's not done it's it, there's no coincidences everything right. is set up intentionally and that's where i feel like it kind of this what people say well Dis- disney you know he wouldn't allow this well yes and no if mm-hmm. he if he's going to let his company grow and and, right. and be what it needs to be he has to play ball Otherwise, right. what do they do if you don't play ball? They take you out. Yeah, they're either going to get rid of you or they're going to silence you. So right. in his case, they would have just got rid of him. Now, I'm not saying they did because he just coincidentally died. He he had cancer. Um, he was a heavy smoker, so he had lung cancer is what the story is, and passed away in 66. So while they were in the midst of developing Disney World, he passed. and And, you know, it's just one of those where – You start mixing the two. And and like I mentioned before, you have Dulles. You have the Mm -hmm. CIA connection. You have the mind control and the paperclip, right? Bringing over all the Nazi scientists. And they needed a place. Well, what better place to start infecting the youth than Walt Disney World with a great Mm -hmm. cover story, right? They had the cover story already of the happiest place on earth. So if they had that established already – Now we can start working our magic into that. And that's what this is. This is, I feel like Disney is one giant spell. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's magic. It's a cult. It's wizardry. Right. Um, uh, I mean, you, and you look at some of the Disney, there's a ton of witches and wizards in their productions.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep.
1: So you start seeing this, and and even there was—I uh, don't know if you remember it—but in the uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice, there was Yensid, who was the great magician. Well, Yensid is just Disney backwards, right? So, and and that was one of the names. What Disney would do when he wanted to use an alias to check into a hotel or things, he would just use his name backwards. So, and that's another think about what is backwards. That's inversion, right? It's flipping it around. So it's there. There's all the signs and symbols. And that's what I really think Disney is. It's, it's a spell, a magic spell to get the children. And Mm -hmm. once they get the children, that's going to keep it going for future generations. I mean, look, we're what almost 70 years later
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and, and it's still going strong.
0: Yeah, and I look at um, <clears throat> like the generation that's you know coming up in a and in, in their early adulthood right now, and how very different they are, and how very different their morals and values and beliefs are, and I think a lot of that has to do with not just Disney, but <clears throat> The iPad babysitters, iPhone babysitters, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like um, the parents are no longer able to stay at home with their kids. Um, both parents were forced into the workplace to provide so they not only get double taxation from you know, the household, but then you also have to pay to put your child in after school care or daycare or whatever. And then the kids are getting indoctrinated. And then when the parents come home at night, they're too tired to spend time with the kids. So here, watch TV here, watch your iPad. Yep. And so they get more of that and more of that and more of that. And they're just so flat effect. About literally everything, like they have no like whatever, and they're easily triggered about everything, literally everything
1: yeah and 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 what you're starting to see too, and Disney's even changing its tone, right mm-hmm. i mean when we when we grew up with Disney, it was mainly white characters, right mm-hmm. it was it was mainly now you're starting to see now they're starting to bring in. You know, especially in the last year, they're starting to push. I know there's a transgender Disney movie uh, and Disney character. There's uh, same sex parents, you know, and and listen, I have nothing against that. But at the same time, that does not need to be forced down kids throat. It's such a minor percentage of the population that to make that mainstream and to make that something that is is looked up to. It's it's perversion, right? I mean, it's
0: what what cartoon was it here recently? That's like a a kids uh, kids show, kids cartoon. Oh, the Muppets, where they're making Gonzo transgender.
1: Yep, he's wearing a dress and he's a fairy. Yes. Yep.
0: I don't. Yeah, and hey, if that's your lifestyle, that is fine. I do not have a problem. You do you. You practice you. But um, they get irritated when heterosexual people push their lifestyle on them. Kind of the same way. And if you don't understand that, you, you might want to do some self reevaluation on that. Because, you know, nobody wants to be forced to look at things that they don't want to see all the time.
1: You yeah. And, I mean? and like you said, it's, it's over the top. Yeah. There's, you know, for the percentage of the population, every that,
0: single show now.
1: Oh yeah. The, what's even worse. And what's what really why I canceled cable was the commercials. Right. The shows are one thing, but the, the, the commercials that they're promoting inside of it. And that's where they really start getting the kids is yes. the advertising. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I've noticed it has gone way to the left. Like yeah. it is, it is off the charts. And, and you just can't, it's so, it's so wild. You almost have to laugh at it at times, you know, like the, the drag queen story time and things like that. Like, how can you be okay with that? That's not right. right. Kids, kids. And that's the other thing that, that Disney has started doing is sexualizing children. Right. Right. And that's where there is no reason why a kid should have any idea about sexuality any mm-hmm. sexual talk anything like that that is right. adult and and older age issues but right. they're starting to force it now on kindergartners you know it's going all the way up and it's in the in the cartoons for the young kids and that's mm-hmm. that's where i really have a problem with it
0: well and a lot of that stew blah, 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 stew no stew stuff a lot of that stuff comes from um the Tavistock Institute partnered with the World Health Organization and the, quote, winkety wink, United Nations on their council on, you know, the betterment of society, whatever, horseshit. Anyway, they've redone the terms for um, sexual identity or biology markers, things like that, to now include... And I'm not making this up. You can go look this up on the World Health Organization website is a very long document is like, I don't know, 400 pages it takes a very long time to get through. But they're talking about um, in, introducing uh, this into sexual education programs at school where they include masturbation for six year olds and. Um, Sexual pleasure, touching yourself, uh, because now sexual pleasure is part of your, quote, gender identity. And so all of the philias are included. So pedophilia is in there. All the fetishes are included as well. And this is the program that they have adopted to put through our school system. So not only are they getting it on TV, they're getting it in school now.
1: Yep. And that's why parents have to make sure they know what the curriculum is being taught in their schools. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm lucky where I am because we're in a very small town and it has very small town values, but, you know, eventually that's going to seep out here too. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's because it's part of their agenda and that agenda is, is where the money is. And they're willing to invest in it, and and that's what Di- you know. I feel like Disney was just the front for that. That right. They are the the messengers of of whatever propaganda the puppet puppeteers want to push. Mm-hmm. And, and and as it- you've seen over time, you watch the Disney evolution of Disney cartoons, movies, and everything, and that's what you're starting to gradually see it it go from. You know, it went from the wholesome Mickey Mouse Club to you know what we're seeing today, which is is
0: Very different (laughs) sanity. Yeah. And, you know, all of the stories that have come out about um, pedophilia there and um, mistreatment of employees and things like that, I think was earlier this month, there was a story in the news that like 13 of Disney's employees were arrested for a pedophilia ring.
1: Well, it was it was actually three Disney employees. It was part of a seventeen person sting, um, three of which were were Disney employees. But in you know in the last I want to say fifteen years, there's close to forty Disney employees who have been busted right. for pedophilia or sex trafficking, including the former vice president of Walt Disney, mm-hmm. who was sentenced uh, felony sentenced for child uh, sex abuse.
0: Um, I'm sure he got like <clears throat> a slap on the wrist, like they always are.
1: You know. Oh yeah, they don't. They don't serve real time. I yeah. Mean, the, no. head, the head of their music group also, he was arrested for abusing two underage girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, here's an interesting one, and this is one that you know you you want to think Disney's wholesome. Why would Disney Cruise Line offer trips? To Little St. James Island, mm-hmm. which is the same island that Jeffrey Epstein was on. Exactly. It just, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And you start looking at things like that. And the fact that even, you know, on Disney Cruise Lines, between 2000, the year 2000 and 2014, over 200 people, passengers, went missing from their cruise mm-hmm. ships. Right. And and you have kids that go missing from Disneyland all the time disney mm-hmm. world there there are kidnappings and disappearances or kids disappear and then they magically show back up a couple hours later like mm-hmm. there is a lot of dark things and and there's some articles out there about these these squads that go around at disney world and disneyland all disney properties and they essentially abduct these children they take them underground or into a, a room and they start messing with them, right? A- and it's just, you know, for the happiest place on earth, there's just a lot of darkness that follows it wherever it goes. And you know, when you're, you know, your cruise line is is tied to Jeffrey Epstein. I'm sorry, but that's, you know, it, not Jeffrey Epstein himself directly, but his island. Why? Out of all the places you could go, why there?
0: Well, and you got to stop and think too. Um, for people that have never been on a cruise especially on Disney. Um, you know, parents take their kids. They have actual activities directors on these cruise ships where they will take your kids for an excursion while the parents, I don't know, go drink at the bar or whatever on the cruise ship. They these other adults that are not your children's parents, they will take your kids to do something else. Um, So that leaves that up in the air, because if they're going for quote excursions on Epstein Island, think about that and how that could create a problem, how that could create people going missing or uh, further child abuse, exploitation, uh, pornographic images, whatever you want to say. You know it's it's crazy that this oh, is, is like a but it but it's, it's like, hey, I well, I know this information is out there, but don't worry. trust us. Nothing ever happened. Wink, wink,
1: oh yeah, no, no, we're the, we're safe. We're happy. It's the safest place on earth exactly. and then you start looking into you know some of the claims by the Disney actors, child actors, I mean, right. it's disgusting. A lot of them have been sexually assaulted, molested. Right. Um. You know, like Bella Thorne, right. she was a big one in the news recently mm-hmm. that, you yep. know, she was saying she was sexually abused at age six, it right. started.
0: Yeah, because they they put them on these Disney shows really, really young. And then a lot of the times the parents are not allowed on the sets. That opens it up to a whole nether deep dark world.
1: Yeah. And they're, they're usually, it's just their management that's loud on set. Right. Right. And the the managers, oh, those are, those are great people. I mean, Jordan, Jordan Pruitt, who is another, uh, Disney child actor, she was sexually assaulted by her manager at 14. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, you know, like like you're saying, they set it up in a manner to allow things to happen Mm -hmm. and, and unbeknownst to the public, it seems wholesome at top, but as you dig down now, now here's my my thing with it is all of Disney this way am I saying all disney employees are pedophiles no but right. there's a chunk of them that are in it and it festers and right. and it shouldn't happen if you are dealing with children there it's unacceptable I don't care what you say you cannot it's unacceptable and it cannot happen so
0: but I the, think they know too that they've had so many people get away with it. That that just is a breeding ground for more people to end up being pedophiles or molesters or rapists because, you know, everybody's getting away with it or they're getting like a slap on the wrist, you know, and no jail time or they just pay a fine of like a hundred dollars. That just incentivizes further behavior.
1: Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. It's crazy. It's pure madness, and yeah. you know, and that's the one thing. I, I, you, you abuse people or animals, and I have no respect for you. That's Agreed. that's the lowest of the low. Agreed.
0: So, my dear, do you have anything else to add today?
1: Uh no. I mean, I could go on for hours and hours and hours, but we can the do only a part other...
0: two. Yeah,
1: the only hey. The only other thing that I found really interesting and and people go out there and Google this is the Disney toys. Okay, Mm -hmm. the the sexual imagery in the Disney toys and in the Disney movies is off the charts, you know, subliminal messaging. And it's just, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And again, like I said before, there's no coincidences. These things are done intentionally. And, and the, the whole point of this, you know, uh, on the surface of what I see it as is to pervert the minds of our youth, to sexualize children, to get them to, you know, distance themselves from their parents right. and, and start believing in, in this whole way of life. And, you know, and that's why I tell parents, I'm like, please, even if they're watching Disney, please sit down and watch with them because you never know what's going to be out there. And like I said before, the commercials are even worse than the shows themselves Mm -hmm. at times. So, you know, as a parent, I have an eight-year-old and man, if anything ever happened to him, I, I could never forgive myself. And, and that's why I, you know, this one, I I keep digging deeper and deeper into this because I just want to know. I want to know why I want to understand, you know, what's going on here and what is the purpose of this. And, and basically what I got from this so far is that it's just a giant spell and, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's not all good and wholesome. Like it's presented to be on the surface. And I I just want people to be aware of it. You know, you can call me crazy. You, You can say I'm, I'm, I'm full of shit, but look into it. And, right. and tell me I'm wrong, and especially go look into the uh, the Disney like the beta beta sex kittens, right? Look into that that programming. You look at like Britney. Oh, here's one. Well, we'll we can end on this one. Okay. My favorite is uh, Hannah Montana, right? Mm-hmm. Hannah Montana. First of all, split personality. Right? She's right. got she's got two personalities, two different personas. Now. That's a form of mind control, a sign of mind control. Now, Mm -hmm. one of the big symbols for that is the butterfly. Mm -hmm. Every, almost every gear and and on her gear is the butterfly. Right. Her album uh, cover had butterflies on it. All the kids' shirts have butterflies on it. She's one of those that always has a finger over her lips, like quiet. Mm -hmm. That's another, you know, another sign of it. So the signs are there, guys, and you just have to see it. I mean, you look at Britney Spears, all these child actors, and and it just it destroys their lives. And for what? So that these people can make money. They don't see see these kids as they're not children to them. They are dollar signs. They are investments. And anything that they can do to make an extra dollar, they will do at the behest of the children. And that's what's I find the most disgusting out of all of it.
0: Well, maybe that's why they actually called it the happiest place on earth. It's not that the kids are happy. It's that the, the deep dark underbelly is happy. The players. Yep. Exactly.
1: Yeah. The puppet masters. I, yeah. And I don't even know what to call them at this point. They're just a bunch of sick perverts, creepy. (laughs) people.
0: So, my dear, where can they find you at? I am on
1: Instagram at uh, mat.t four four nine nine, and like I said, I also uh, just got my uh, podcast. Will be coming out in a week or so. Uh, the Great Deception Podcast. Uh, you can find that on Instagram too. I'll be posting stuff up there once I get it going. Uh, so it's at The Great Deception Podcast, and uh, I look forward to joining the club.
0: I'm excited about that. And I'm so happy that you joined me today. Like I said, you are so intelligent and so knowledgeable and fantastic to listen to. Everything that you ever do is amazing. So people make sure you follow and support my friend Matt. And when he starts his podcast, make sure you download, subscribe, like, comment, and share. So there you go. So any final words for you today, my dear?
1: No, I, 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 in all honesty, I'm a little, uh, this was one of my big podcasts to do. I used to listen to you on no mercy. And, and, and when you offered me to come out here, I was like, wow, this is great. This is so cool. I I've always loved Janet. And, and so I I thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me on your show. I really appreciate it.
0: You know what? That, That makes me feel weird because I feel like people are intimidated by me and I don't really know why, because any person that ever wants to come on, shoot me a message. Um, You know where to find me on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, Comment on the podcast if you need to, to get a hold of me, because I love reaching out to everyday normal people.
1: So. You're the like the mother to me of this this last year. You know you got <laughs> I'm me. I'm the
0: grandma. <laughs> oh, you guys got me through so
1: much last year. It was great, and and you know when when we've been going back and forth on on DMs, it's been oh, I was like oh, she's such a sweetheart. So thank you, thank oh, you very much I for having that. me. Appreciate
0: that. And make sure uh, you check out Matt on Dangerous World Pod. He's been on there uh, several times, so make sure you check those episodes out. Uh, and make sure you check out his, The Great Deception podcast when it comes up. So for me and for Matt, we will see you next time and have a good one.